You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Valley Podcast, the Wild Card Preview Edition. I'm Andrew Mearns here with Matt Provisano filling in for Kun Shaw. How you doing? Good, good. I am definitely ready for for playoff baseball. Yeah, it was something that we were not sure if we were going to get because uh, even though the Yankees had a very good week against the the Red Sox and Blue Jays, winning five of six games on the road, not easy to do. They then promptly got uh, pantsed by the Rays in their first two games over the weekend and had to just barely eke out a one nothing walk off victory yesterday or Sunday in this case. So, man, they did. I mean, leave it to the 2021 Yankees to not make it easy at all. Yeah, it was funny. I thought when you said that we weren't sure it was going to happen, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, back in June when we thought that, the, and, and I, I didn't even think about, oh, yeah, this week, too. Like, you <laughs> yeah. could go to any point of time and find a micro period of the calendar and say that they're absolutely not going to make it. Yeah, if you had like a calendar of every single day of the Yankee season, throw a dart and there's probably some sort of crisis going on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I've been staring at the playoff odds, like just bemused by like the progression of the year. Like you had the first kind of meltdown, the first like two weeks of the year. I feel like that was the first like the Jay Bruce era, oh, as it's famously known. Right, exactly. Where everyone realized like, oh, crap, like things are really going wrong. But also yeah. it was super early. And then they immediately went on that like quick little run they went on. Um, and then from like Memorial Day all the way through to July, essentially, they were like in total free fall. Yeah. And like the multiple COVID outbreaks in that time too, didn't make things any easier. Yeah. I mean, how long ago does it feel like the Hicks injury was? Sheesh. Um, yeah. You know, that, that, that literally feels like even, even the Kluber injury feels like forever ago now having to, you know, actually rely on him. Yeah. For possibly critical innings, um, you know, if they do make it to the LDS. Well, it's funny, like Aaron Hicks was in like the clubhouse celebration. I think I saw Tim LaCastro possibly in there too. It was like, oh man, I remember some guys. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty bleak. I mean, it's, I feel like it's not uncommon for even like the championship era, you know, Yankees and, and you know, 09 to, to 2012 even, you know, there were plenty of role players that by the, either the end of the year or because of acquisitions, they sort of like ironed that out. And I, guess you could say that's mostly the case this year, except for obviously oh, yeah. Mayhew being lost for the year. And Man, it was, what an absurd time that September was. Cause like, again, we, I think we had multiple stretches like that where they were, they started off well, looked like absolute crap. Then they played well again, then they looked like crap. And, you know, I mean, just kudos, I guess, go out to the, um, the pitching staff first and foremost, I think for, 
surviving that last game against the Rays. I mean, the Rays didn't really have a lot to play for, but they still gave the Yankees everything they could. And Jameson Tyone stepped up after an injury, and then the bullpen was just absolutely dominant, didn't allow a single run in the season finale. And that allowed them to win in the bottom of the ninth after they'd entered with one hit. Yeah, I think people definitely, like, I, I always consider that it would be a possibility that it would affect it, but the no more 40-man rule mm. like, vastly changed. Like, because people always said, like, oh, you know, the Rays have nothing to play for. That doesn't mean the same thing as it did three, four years ago. When right. they, a team said they had nothing to play for, it literally meant they were putting in, like, total scrubs, like, almost spring training, like, rosters. Yeah. Um, now, you're, there's just the same team. They just aren't okay giving a hundred. They're giving seventy-five to ninety percent. That's yeah. still pretty much on any given day. That doesn't mean that means the odds essentially haven't really changed at all for the individual game. Right. I think the best example of the difference of the roster is obviously there were some great remembrances of the game one sixty-two and twenty eleven. One of those games is obviously the Yankees Rays game. Right. That Yankees game was started by Dellen Batanzas when he had no idea what he was doing, right. and that was only because of the forty-man roster rules and the number of players who were just in that game. Like Scott Proctor was on at the end of it, and like these are guys that we would not have pitched if like we were in normal twenty twenty-one September call-up rules. Yeah, and I mean the like the bullpen um, selections that that Kevin Cash did were not like he was not giving those games away at all. He went to the pretty much exact same formula he had gone to. So as much as I think that it is like oh man, like they really almost blew it against a team who had won it already, I don't think that's the right interpretation because you're playing the best team in the American League with the exact same team. Um, right. So I think the fact they still played them pretty well early in the season and the fact that. They did play them and they almost did win two out of three too. So it wasn't like they gave them no competition, but you know, obviously the second game was a disaster. Yeah. The less we talk about that, uh, that, that, game, that day, the better, you know, <laughs> that just made the last day all the more interesting. And we kept thinking that, you know, no, we're going to have some game 163 or maybe even a game 164 as well, because there are still possibilities for three and four way tiebreakers. Uh, of course, none of which ended up happening because baseball so often just plays out the way that does not lead to tiebreakers and yeah. all that all that had to happen at the end of the season was the Yankees winning one of those games against the Rays then the Red Sox sweeping a Nationals team that was absolutely ass and while um both those games got close near the end that was probably going to be the results regardless and that sucks for the Blue Jays but hey they had their chance against the Yankees they lost two out of three at home so oh well yeah and, and they made it close you know by winning those you know winning those four straight I was at um, mm. I think it was the second one where Cole was injured or whatever. I was at that game and I remember thinking, oh, wow, this is such an important game because if the Blue Jays, you know, win these, like it'll make that interesting. So they took care of business there. But yeah, losing, I believe it was two out of three against the Yankees was at home, I think is a disaster for them. Obviously, that's the real, the, really the reason why. And they had their own issues. Like we pay attention to the Yankees so much that we saw every night for interaction, but like, as we know, like their bullpen is kind of a wreck. So that contributed. And I feel like they, they're a very talented team that's going to be very good in the, in the ALEs for a long time. But the problem is, even if you have a team that scores a lot of runs, like if you don't have a good bullpen, you're going to inevitably play those close games that just don't work out. And I feel like with the Yankees, even though they didn't hit, they found themselves in that game 162 in almost every game of the year. So they played essentially an identical game every single day for the whole year. And they won like 65% of them, you know, other than the games they were blown out, they pretty much played those even games, like a top team in the American league. So I think those differences in run production, like 
people talk about run differential, it gets a little bit like overrated because when it really boils down to it, like in those close games, you have to take care of business and, and they pretty much did. Right. It was sort of like the reverse tale of how the Mariners stayed in it, even though they had a terrible run differential because for so long they managed to stay in those games. And part of that is boils down to some luck, but part of that is also just having like a capable bullpen and people they were able to come up in those late situations. So it's uh, you know one of the weird intricacies of baseball, but hey, what are you going to do? That's that's the game. And now the Blue Jays, yeah. even though they, I do think they are going to be a problem, you know, for the rest of the decade. Now they will also have to deal with probably losing Ray and Semyon in the off season, or at least just one of them. So we'll see from them. But hey, that's uh, that's Bluebird Banter's problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, now getting back to more on topic, you know, I'm watching after the Yankees win that game. I'm watching. Obviously, the Red Sox game, thinking, oh, it's possible that this team ends up in the Yankee Stadium. Um, and then, obviously, Devers, you know, hit the two-run home run. And it's crazy. I was just thinking about, because, again, another game that I happen to be at, the first Yankees-Red Sox game um, that started the series. And, obviously, they finished 9-10 and 10, um, against the Red Sox. And the most consequential hit in that first game was Devers' two-run home run. And I feel like that set the pace for, like, the whole first half against the Yankees was he would just killer blow and then they were down and out for the whole game um, while later in the season they had more of an ability to you know come back and, and have a little bit of fight um, but again you know Devers basically ends that conversation um, on that last on the last game as well so I sort of have the inkling that if you're a Red Sox fan you feel like you know the wild card game will hinge on Stanton or Judge being shut down I feel like it's the reverse for the Yankees like if Devers doesn't do any damage I think that goes very well yeah, they got to take care of business with like uh, Bogarts as well, Schwarber, J.D. Martinez, if he happens to be playing, though he's questionable <laughs> because he had a weird ass injury in that last game tripping over second base, which may end up being fortunate for the Yankees. But either way, it'll at least impair him. And I guess that, uh, that actually is a good natural transition to um, talking about that wild card game at Fenway itself, because that's coming up later today. And that's going to be uh, a madhouse at Fenway Park. You know, <laughs> I don't think we really need to overstate how much of a big deal this is because, you know, MLB is going to do that job on its own. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, people make conspiracy theories about Manfred uh, uh, rigged it for the TV ratings or whatever, but um, I didn't do it shit. Just, yeah. It was just as simple as like, these are two of the higher payroll teams in baseball and they have good, they had good rosters. I mean, obviously the Red Sox were expected um, to be that great, but I mean, if you look at the, the expected wins like throughout the year it's not like they were like that far off like the year right. started i think they were expected to win 85 games so they beat it by seven games like that's not really that crazy like you could just have easily seen them play very poorly and be fourth or fifth place team not obviously not fifth against the orioles but fourth place team but you know it wasn't totally a shock that the red Sox would be good and competitive in the AOE. so i don't think it was a big surprise um, at all yeah, and they'll have their own best starter going for them, Nate Evaldi, who, you know, has pitched pretty well against the Yankees most of the season. Those in the story of the, their season series, you know, the Yankees had turned it around against the Red Sox, played well against them down the stretch, and that included beating Nate Evaldi in a Friday night game at Fenway Park. So they're definitely going to be trying to repeat that effort or at least come close to it with, uh, and then have Garrett Cole back them up. Yeah, Evaldi's definitely a weird one. I, I always say to myself that he is someone that if like George George Steinbrenner was still alive, like he would be very pissed off at him being around. Like, oh yeah, just being good on another team, like him being on the Red Sox and and owning them like over periods of time. I was at the last 
Oh, bad. Um, the last playoff game that Yavaldi faced the Yankees, um, which was 2018, uh, ALTS game three, um, which was probably the worst Yankees playoff game of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, was, it the, was that the one that Brock Holt threw hit for the cycle? <laughs> correct. And yeah. Austin Romine was pitching um, in the game. Um, good, good, good. Wow. And Danny Hachabri was a pitcher. I don't even remember that. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I just like they have a very bad history against him. And I, I, I'm definitely encouraged by the fact that they, they, they scored all those runs. Um, it was a great game that they won. But I sort of believe it was similar to when Cole was at the last time, where it's like he clearly was tipping something. I, I, I would guess that that's probably why they were so successful against them. So mm-hmm. I would not expect them to score, you know, seven no. against him again at some point. No, it's the same sort of deal with like whenever Cole has a bad start it's extremely rare for him to follow it up with a second bad start in a row because that's just not the kind of pitcher that Cole is. And while, you know, the Yankees version of Aldi was like that, the modern version of Aldi is not someone who is really going to screw up again. So I think he'll probably come out with a good outing. And I think the Alex Cora has shown how aggressive he is in playoff situations with his, with using some of his starting pitchers in the bullpen to patch up some holes. So I feel like there's a non-zero chance you could see an Eduardo Rodriguez in there, who even knows, maybe they even roster Chris Sale. So uh, yeah, because yeah. I think Sale only pitched like what, he only pitched part of the game. Yeah, uh, I, I could, think he pitched a full outing, so I think he's absolutely available. He didn't really pitch a full outing because he was walking the ballpark against the Nationals, so that didn't really help. But I'm sure that and that I, was part of the calculus where I was like, well, might as well not burn him. Yeah, he pitched two and a third innings, so yeah, he'll definitely be available. And um, I think they just got Garrett Whitlock back as well from, from the IL, so yeah. think of that as almost them gaining an inning. But hey, uh, you know, maybe Adovino will be in a big spot too, so um, there's always that opportunity for the Yankees, but... <laughs> I don't know if I'm as optimistic about Cole generally. I don't know what the Yankees are internally thinking, but I'm definitely nervous about how it'll look. I I have very much like Severino playoffs vibes, that, like the same, you know, where not that it's like he's not clutch or whatever, but I, I just sort of feel like the hamstring is still an issue. I mean, he's been not great, like the last three or four starts, really. Yeah, he if you dial it back. All right. If you look back to basically his starts, including and since that uh, hamstring problem, his, his ERA is 6.15 and five starts. And I mean, obviously, we're not going to say like they should start someone else because Garrett Cole no. is absolutely who you turn to. And he still did have like a good, you know, actually good outing right again at Fenway against the Red Sox just on September 24th, six innings, a three run ball. And like that's not like brilliant vintage Cole, but it's definitely good enough to do the job. And if they can get, I think, even five good innings from Cole you're going to have a pretty rested bullpen and with a lot of weapons that you can throw at the Red Sox and sometimes Boone especially you know talking back to that 2018 LDS he got in trouble by leaving Severino out there a little bit too long even though you know early in the game a bunch of people were second guessing hey maybe get him out of there I think Boone's gonna have to not push Cole too much when he has this many good options in the bullpen suddenly now when you got Lewis yeah. in the back Chad Green's looking a little bit better lately obviously Holmes has been a revelation then Severino King there's so many good options out there that you really can't lose it with with a possibly fatigued Cole out there yeah I mean a lot of people definitely criticize Boone's pitching selection the last couple of days um, I mean he mm-hmm. made a couple of really baffling you know decisions he's putting in the bad pitchers in the close game and he's putting the good pitcher King in the game that's not close. So I think people definitely question it, but I think he kind of knew that it was going to end up in the situation that ended up anyway. So I don't really think it ultimately matters that much, but I will say that 
I, like we talked about it last time I was on the podcast, I think that he's learned a little bit since 2018. I mean, I would hope. I'd like to hope so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that that's why he's still the manager. I don't think that he's necessarily the same manager he was in 2018, 2019, where I think you may have said this or you tweeted it from the Pinstripe Valley account that he felt that he had so much room to work with with those 100 win teams that he got a little bit too comfortable saying that he could save different pictures for different times. He's, oh, well, we, you know, we have 105 wins or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, if someone pitches today or tomorrow or whatever. Well, this year he's had to pretty much manage in a playoff atmosphere since, like we said, since like June. Um, so he's had to have some urgency and I feel like he's not going to make that same mistake. Because in that game, at ALDS game three, in person, he looked dead separately. He looked from the get-go. I think it was the first batter. It was like it was hard contact. So, I mean, to, if he doesn't, if he doesn't realize the same thing and Cole has a hamstring issue and falls into early trouble and he doesn't do that. I mean, I don't like to say like, oh, these decisions are fireable offenses or whatever, but like it's more of evidence of like you weren't even learning, like you didn't learn your lesson from the previous times out. So you hope, at least for his own survival, um, you know, he, he takes that action. But hopefully gold pitches eight shutout innings and you know and they win five nothing. So yeah. It you know what? No, I hope they win. Yeah, ten nothing. Let's let's just not even make it a question. Just yeah, exactly. Turn it into uh, ALDS game three from 2018, except reverse it. So make it <laughs> just blow it out of Fenway. Please make it easy. I don't want any stress in my life because we've dealt with enough of these wild card games where it's like your emotions are a wreck and it's uh, it can get very hairy in a hurry. And you know, we just hope that like they're as we've talked about that they manage with enough priority and that the lineup actually steps up and does its job, which has always been a question throughout this year, because it's weird that the pitching has carried them, but the offense has underachieved a lot. And, you know, they only scored like six runs against the Rays over the weekend. So they have to, you know, get back into gear, find what they had at Fenway in Toronto and hopefully make it not a, not a question. Yeah. It's really hard to discern. Like, like I said, this whole year makes you question like what is real, what is true, what is predictable. Cause I feel like, like I said, people get into the mode of putting plopping into the projection system or overreacting to like what's happening in the moment and say, right. well, they look awful because clearly they won 13 in a row and they couldn't win 13 or they, they go back and forth from unbeatable to beatable. And it, it's hard to say like, Oh, they've been this straight median of talent. And like, we're, we'll take the middle of that and say, that's how they'll be in the playoffs. We honestly have no clue. They could be, they could conceivably win all 11 games, all 12 games straight through um, to the mm-hmm. world series. And they could conceivably either, completely flame out in one game or the more likely possibility I think is them losing pretty handily to the race personally. But, you know, you never know. Like I said, if you get the team that you actually think that they are in paper, all of the players perform to their baseball card there. I think they're the best team next to the Dodgers, but you know, if they perform like how they've been, then, uh, you know, there's no chance they, they get that far. But, I mean, more likely than not, you'll have some games they look good and some games are double duds like it's been in the past and you just don't know what the sequencing of those events are going to be. Right, and it is worth pointing out that it's a lineup that's still one that should score runs, no doubt, but it's one that's going to be more impaired than we may have envisioned from seeing just because they're not going to have DJ LeMay here because he's on the injured list of the sports hernia. Luke Voigt is out for the year now, although I don't think he was going to play anyway, just given yeah. how they were using him. But Gary Sanchez is going to be on the bench because Kyle Higashioka has to catch Cole. And I mean, I'm a little bummed about that, but also Gary has not really been hitting much lately either. Right. So I guess it's whatever. So suddenly your bottom of the lineup is going to have veteran Brett Gardner, who is 
hit better in the second half, but still is old. Kyle Higashioka and probably Rugged Odor in there at third base, and he's very boomer bust and has not really, other than getting that hit in the ninth inning, you know, which is huge, granted, kudos. He's not really done much since the beginning of August, and he's not played much either. And then also there might be working with an impaired Gio Urshela because of that falling into the dugout on that incredible catch. So lots of questions at the back half of the lineup here. And Joey Gallo has been slumping again too. So it's all going to come down to those front four guys. And they need Glaber to be the kind of the Glaber that he's been the past few weeks and judge and Stanton to do judge and Stanton things. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, like, like Gallo has, again, he's so weird. Like you guys are never going to really appreciate him because like, for example, in September, he had a 108 WRC plus, but he hit 179. Yeah, um, and it was a very so streaky. Was, <laughs> it was yeah, very it's like though. so dependent on him walking a good chunk of time and then also hitting those cluster of home runs. But again, the problem is you don't know when those clusters are going to come up. So you could conceivably see him hitting 050 for an entire playoff series. And in another series, he hits five home runs in the series. So right. it's like with that, it's like you're just flipping a coin. I, I you, you see how people who are like old timers are like, we don't like the boomer bus players. Like it's understandable in a playoff series. You literally don't know what you're going to get. But I think the flip side of that is that Taurus has been a lot better. Um, yes. I mean, yeah. you know, Boom was saying in the press conference, say he might lead off the game, probably will lead off the game. And I feel like I feel a lot more, he's been taking a lot more comfortable at bats. Again, you talk about um, Boom making decisions that he's learning, but it takes him a long time. Um, he probably shouldn't have waited until like the middle to end of September to switch Torres to second base. But, yeah, you know, I mean, that obviously affects the past. It has no bearing on the future, you know? So I feel like you don't know. Is he a below average hitter? Is he an above average hitter? I don't really know. You have absolutely no clue. But, uh, yeah, I feel like it's going to go It's going to go the way that Judge and Stanton go. If they are on fire, I can't really see how they would lose the game. And, honestly, I think they would be pretty competitive against the race if both of them are hot as well. Yeah, and like the the only thing you'd have to worry about if Judge and Stanton are clicking are if um, the Yankees are doing their best to shut down the Red Sox top bats too, because they got some big boppers up there that can go head to head with Judge and Stan. Maybe they won't hit them as far as Judge and Stan, but they'll still hit them hard enough that it's going to cause problems. Yeah, I mean they, they they're very similar to the Red Sox of old, you know, those mid two thousands teams where pretty much every bat is, is, is very difficult out. I mean, you're even seeing players like Bobby Dalbeck, you know, be have an incredible second half, um, yeah. be a good hitter. Um, yeah, Christian Vasquez been, also. Yeah, even Christian he's Vasquez. Like, he's yeah. in the back of the lineup, and he's all he's just a guy who always seems to come up with big hits against the Yankees, too. And that might just be like a perception thing, but I think he just seems like he's always there. Maybe just because he has been there a lot over the past decade for them, but still. And yeah, every single hitter, I believe, in their regular roster has an above-average WRC+. Plus. Yeah. The only ones is the only ones below are Christian Vasquez and like pitchers, you know, <laughs> who played in National League games. So yeah. yeah, there's almost no easy outs in the lineup. And you know, like we mentioned, they have a lot of arms available. So unfortunately, you know, the Yankees dug their hole. I don't think they really were even gonna win the division, even if like things went really well for them. I guess when you think about it over the course of the year, it doesn't really matter what happened um, with all of the ups and downs. I think that no matter what happened throughout the year. Maybe the only difference is that they played this game at Yankee Stadium instead of on the road. I don't think they were going to win the division. Um, yeah. When you lose by the division by eight games, that's enough where even though, like, you know, the division's been sided for a couple of weeks at this point, that's enough that, like, a few bounces here, a few bounces there, that's not the difference. And, like, even if they had picked up, like, four more wins against the Orioles and maybe another one against some of these other teams that they shouldn't have lost to, that wouldn't have been enough. I mean – yeah, you know, I hate to give kudos to the Rays, but they just went out and took care of business, won 100 games, and never really made the division close. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, because when you think about it, it was inverse. This was everything going right for the Yankees when things were going bad. Um, mm -hmm. When you think about how they were in June, what has to happen for them to make the playoffs? Well, they did all of that stuff, and it was basically every single close game had to win almost all of them. And they basically did. So I think you have to look at them, and I think they are. They've been good at that. It's like sort of forgetting about what happened in the past. Okay, we wiped the slate clean. It doesn't matter what happened before. Everyone's on the same footing, and I think you just take it as it is, and I, I don't think they're the same roster they were, you know, at the beginning of April. I don't think they're as bad as they were at the beginning of April. So, um, you know, maybe they lose the one game and it doesn't matter, but um, I think there's some optimism to October where, like, really anything can happen for anybody. Uh, the Cardinals, you know, could win a World Series. No, yeah, absolutely. They're just <laughs> going to be annoying. I will say, <laughs> I do not think the Atlanta Braves will win the World Series. <laughs> You've having, definitely seen them a lot more than I have. So having watched a lot of Atlanta Braves yeah. baseball, yeah, um, not without Acuna. No, sorry, guys. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I, if, if uh, Milwaukee does not beat them handily in that series, then I will be very surprised, but Either way, I don't think either of those teams is winning the pennant in the National League, but that is a problem that we can worry about another day. we got to see if the Yankees can even make it to the Division Series first before yep. we think about the World Series. Oh, man. Well, on that note, we'll take a short ad break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. So is there anything else you want to talk about wildcard, or should we just wrap up with our Yankee Mitre of the Week? No, yeah, I think we, um, we beat that dead horse, and, uh, yeah, I think we should get to our Mitre. Yeah, speaking of beating dead horse – Bucky Dent. All right, cool. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, I think we were contractually obligated to mention that in a Yankees Red Sox one game playoff at Fenway. But my dad's spirit would not be very happy if I'd forgotten to mention that. So <laughs> pivotal. Okay. Anyway, so who is your Yankee of the Week? Uh pretty easy. It is it is Aaron Judge. Yeah. Well, pretty um, straightforward. Yeah, not really that difficult. Um, he's the reason why, you know, they got in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like you said, everything going right. If one more thing went wrong like if Aaron Judge was injured for, you know, I mean, he did obviously have COVID, which, which hurt them in, in July but, and in August, but, um, and I think that it affected his play a little bit too in, in afterward, but if he had a serious injury, they would not have made the playoffs, obviously. No. Um, there's a 0% chance. They barely made it as it was with, you know, Judge and Sam being healthy, so you can easily say that he tipped them over the edge and he was absolutely the reason, you know, they made the playoffs. Yeah, and he hit three home runs in the past week. Obviously, he had the big walk-off hit. Then you look at his numbers just on the season. He played 148 games and had a 148 WRC plus with 39 homers. That's doing the job. Yeah, you're having your best year since your great, rookie. great rookie season. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they needed it, and they got it. So kudos to Judge. Hopefully, he comes up with some Fenway dingers or later today. All right. Well, my Yankee of the Week is going to be uh, Jonathan Bewysica. If you had, obviously, this is a pick where I would have taken Judge if he was on the board, but I, I want to, <laughs> I do want to salute Jonathan Lewiska because, you know, not yeah. easy to quickly come back from the shoulder injury. And he came back in with some scoreless ball over three games. And it's exactly what the Yankees needed to survive late. And he's going, to, again, he's has a case to be, if not the best reliever in the American League this year, one of the best. And he had a great year and he, they're going to be calling on him for big outs in that playoff game, no doubt. Yeah. I'm like we talked about the last time we were on, on the podcast, he was the best, one of the best players in the team, you know, next to Cole and Judge, basically one of the most valuable. So, I mean, having him as a fireman, being able to, I mean, when you combine him and Severino, being able to cover potentially four innings in a game, I don't think you can really get more valuable than that. Exactly. Yeah. And just to confirm, in the, the only American League reliever with uh, clearly higher Fangraphs war was Liam Hendricks. 
So, <laughs> so Loisco is basically equal to Ryan Presley, just a smidge better than some other guys, but incredible year. Hope it continues. All right. We'll get it out of the way. Who was your meteor of the week? Yep. So my meteor of the week is Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> yeah. And what a dud. That was, that was <laughs> yeah. Sad. Just laid an absolute egg, um, you know, against, against the Rays. Um, and I mean, it got a lot of people talking, you know, online about him in the playoffs. And I mean, I don't, I just, I don't think it really matters as much because again, just as Boone, you're no. be the same no matter who it is. Anyone does four, you, know, you got to pull them. It doesn't matter, you know, in the LDS or whatever, if he's starting a game and he looks bad, you got to take him out of the game. And I feel like this, that game in particular kind of highlighted that he's a very good pitcher to have over the course of a season, because I feel like you can sequence him to face a lot of teams that do poorly against bat, like against slow stuff, you know, teams that show really bad sure. numbers against curveballs and changes and sliders. You can make sure, you know, he's going to face the Orioles easy, you know, pitch six innings, let up two runs against Orioles, no problem. Um, but would I want him facing like the Red Sox in Fenway or, you know, the Rays on the road? I don't, I don't really know if I feel comfortable with that. So, yeah, he's my Mitre. He definitely adds a question mark to the rotation going into the playoffs if they get that far. Um, yeah, and it was obviously, a, you know, made their made them sweat a little bit to get in the playoffs. Yeah, it's another reason why the Yankees are very fortunate to not have had to have played a game 163 because they may have had to start Jordan Montgomery in this playoff game, or maybe they would have turned to Cortez, but either way, like I, even with Cole on his hamstring. Yeah. I'll take that every single time. And that's not to say that Montgomery is incapable coming up with a big start. You know, actually in the division series last year, he pitched four innings, one run ball, three hits against the Rays. And um, they, they did act appropriately in that game where they pulled him, even though he's pitching well after four, just because, they saw enough that they're like, okay, that's good. We'll take that and we'll move from there. And I think that's probably going to be the approach for most of these Yankees starters in the playoffs if they do advance. So Yeah, I mean, it speaks to like, like for example, the Blue Jays didn't make the playoffs. Um, your starting rotation doesn't really matter as much as it used to, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Right. I mean, pretty much help. it was like you put them side by side and you say, which one is better, this rotation or this rotation, there's a better team. Again, I, I I can never get over this. The Rays have no starters, basically. Like they have almost no starting pitchers, like at all. Like they have one pitcher who had more than 150 innings the entire year. So they're just doing Lewis Head. Okay, go. Like that's it. That, that's their whole plan, and it works. So like the Yankees are kind of doing the same thing, but when you really break it down, they pretty much this year had Cole Montgomery and then question mark, and they kind of just made it work. Yeah. Okay. Well, my meter of the week is uh, going to be Joey Gallo because uh, he had the impressive feat of a WRC plus of exactly zero in the last week. So, you know, that's, uh, yeah, got to do better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just unfortunately, like I said, he just, you hit a bad stretch of games for him. I mean, it was kind of bound to happen. I feel like they were kind of buying high on him to begin with. And I think that having him for a full, again, a, a player like someone to Montgomery, very valuable over a long period of time, like he's going to be fun for a full year next year. I think that all of those things will smooth over, um, but in like a one month period, that's very, you know, under a microscope, you know, it, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Exactly. But hopefully he'll come up with a big hit or at the very least not lose another ball in the Fenway lights. Like yeah, just don't drop the ball. And you can hit. If you yeah. have 175, have a ton of home runs and don't drop the ball. Yeah, I will say that at least like other than that one weird play, he has not brought his um, bad, bad out to the field because he still continued to be a very good uh, left fielder. So, yeah, he made a great play. I don't remember if it was uh, the, the last game of the year or maybe it was the first, maybe the first game of the series where he saved like a double 
Yeah. Um, I was going to score like multiple runs in there. I mean, he's made some very athletic range like moves that I feel like also compensate for some of the, the blunders. Right. And that's part of the thing where maybe his, what he's doing will not get recognized because that's like something that doesn't show up in a box score really, but you know, do better than a zero WRC plus. That's all I ask. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that'll do it for us on this episode of the Pinstripe Alley podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Pinstripe Alley. You can follow me on Twitter at Merns PSA. You can follow Matt on Twitter at MattProve94. So got a, some crazy wildcard madness ahead of us today. Um, what do you think? Yankees going to come out on top? Uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to keep the vibes good and just yeah. say yes. My, like my deep, deep, deep subconscious is like, no, 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 they're going to blow it. It's going to be terrible. But like I have to maintain like you gotta poise and confidence and say, yes, they, they will win. Yeah. I do, if they win, it's not going to be an easy win, but I think, I think they will get the job done in advance and then probably lose to the race, as you said. <laughs> right. uh, hey, let's worry about that problem later. Hopefully Yankees can come up with a big win at Fenway. So Stay tuned. We'll catch you later. Bye.